How was your holiday? Wonderful. Wonderful? Was it truly wonderful? It's pretty good. I enjoyed it. I don't work in the holidays, so it makes things a lot easier. <laughs> Do you have any New Year's resolutions? <sighs> Typical weight loss. <laughs> get skinny. Get skinny. At what month would you guess the majority of people fall off New Year's resolutions? February. Nope. January? Nope. Wow. May? March and May. March and May. Have the highest, that is when the highest number of people, I think it's like 22 and 23% respectively, somewhere around there. That's when people fall off their New Year's resolutions. About the end of the first quarter. And uh, my experience, on it. my yeah. experience would concur with that personally. <laughs> About March thirtieth rolls around, and I'm like, "This, I'm done. Yep. It's time to party. Time need for a, summer. Need, need a break." Yeah, <laughs> only like one percent fall off the wagon in November and December, mm. which I kind of find interesting. But I guess they're so close. Hold on. Might as well just. Yeah. If you, if you've done it for 11 months, you might as well do it for life, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, how do you think humans learn most effectively? Mm. Do, 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 do. I think it's very unique. Do you think that it is dependent on the information that they are trying to learn? Yes, I definitely think that is part of it. Because a child's interests, you see that. Like, um, even in, like, complex, you know, subjects, like computer sciences and coding and things like that, if someone has a desire to create a video game, you see how quickly they learn those things, you know, uh, in order, because there's that passion there that's with that, to be able to learn. Now, is anyone capable of learning stuff they don't? Aren't interested in? Absolutely as well. Yeah. So, if we look at, I think we can agree, we've talked about this before, that education, by specifically the attainment of knowledge mm. and wisdom, mainly knowledge, the learning of things is fundamentally good. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. Okay. So if the attainment of knowledge is fundamentally good, then we can also say then that education or the systematized attainment of knowledge is also 
fundamentally good. Regard, irregardless of just on a basis of of a singular basis, not on what the content, what the knowledge is, but just on the attainment of knowledge. I would change from good to profitable. Profitable, okay. Because good has a connotation of it can be moral and right. Well, do you think you, you have a moral duty to attain more knowledge? The, the to pro- learn new things? The problem I have with it is is there's some things we shouldn't learn. Like what? So like demonology, for example. Okay. <laughs> Did not see it going here. I didn't see it going there either. But, <laughs> but, but I'm just thinking of things that I restrict myself from learning. Okay. Um, and it's a conscious thing is that mm-hmm. I don't want to learn about the devil. I don't want to know about demons. I don't have a desire to know that. I believe God gave us everything in the Bible that we need to know that they're there. They're against us. But any extra knowledge about them is going to either produce fear because our lack of faith um, or it's going to cause doubts in our own faith. And, and so I, I think there's certain things and, and I just use that as an example, but, but also like, you know, things that we know are sin and uh, you know, practices that happen that we know are wrong and like, like learning things, those things, in, when we're talking about obtaining knowledge, knowledge is a huge realm. Fair enough. And so I would probably, especially as far as education, specify it to something a little more specific. Okay. The attainment of knowledge that is profitable for living your life in, in a successful manner and for benefiting the greatest number of people. So, for instance... That's a, specific. A, that is more specific. Yeah. Uh, this should keep you from going down the paths <laughs> of demonology, um, which we, I think we can agree generally benefits no one. Yep. But say, think of a, of a, a scientist that devotes time to learning about a specific scientific field of study and the profit of his application to this field of study results in the betterment of a technology that keeps millions of people from starving to death. Okay? That is a profitable form of knowledge. Yes. which can be traced back to uh, education, right? So if we view it in that frame, is it then morally good to be educated in things that are profitable for the betterment of humankind? I would say yes, because...
for uh, I think too deep, Royce. Um, when you ask me these questions, I'm try- I'm thinking of all of these situations that work. Okay, where is that not true that I would think of? You know, um, but for the most part, I will say yes. Okay. Yes. So, education and things that are for the betterment, or that can lead to the betterment of 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 humans, mm-hmm. people. Yes. Is good. Yes. Is the inverse of that also true? That the abstainment from the attainment of profitable knowledge is not good. AKA, it is an evil. Hmm. That's why I use profitable. Oh, profitable is a good word. Yeah, because yeah, I, I would agree that n- all, not all knowledge is is a good thing to have yeah and but there is a lot of knowledge that is profitable for the betterment of of other humans which you could also i mean you could extrapolate that and say if you love other people you will attain as much knowledge as possible that will allow you to better the lives of those other people. Especially when we talked about that gives us the most joy. Yeah. We, we spoke edge. about yeah. this when we talk, we were talking about joy. This yeah. gives us, you could also say this comes full circle and you gain the maximum amount of fulfillment and joy and accomplishment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, out of when you input the greatest amount of profitable knowledge. Okay. So is the inverse of that, and this is kind of a side quest here. Yeah. Is the inverse of that not good or unprofitable? Well, it's definitely unprofitable. Cause that's what we're defining it. Yeah. We're, def- I mean, we're defining that cause we haven't defined what we're learning. We're just defining. Well, we're learning profitable information. Yes. Right. Or develop, you know, profitable the development so is it of the evil mind. Evil to not learn that profitable information. Or is, is it, it evil to purposefully? Yeah, you have to factor in things like intelligence into this too. Yeah. Some people have a. Everyone has a capacity for knowledge, right? But to forfeit the some of the capacity is that evil. If you do not educate yourself to your fullest potential, is this inherently evil? Ooh. Ooh. I don't know that education leads to. Okay, James, book of James, what does it say? It says, to him that knoweth to do good, Yes. And doeth it not, to him it is sin. Yes. Sin is evil. Yes. So if we apply that logic Mm -hmm. to this thought experiment, if I can do the most amount of good by attaining the most amount of knowledge in my life, in a given domain or generalized across my life, to my fullest potential as a human being, 
as much as my intelligence, my God-given intelligence will allow, is anything less than that evil or not good? It's mm. an interesting question. This really makes it... Because if, if... My initial impression is yes. Yes. It is not good. And I think if this makes it tough for... It's a tough argument against things like laziness. Yeah. That, okay, if you're not out there living to your fullest potential as an a intelligent human being, then you are, in fact, doing, committing sin. Mm-hmm. And, and this can be extrapolated upon all domains of life but I'm thinking specifically to narrow, keep it kind of narrow yeah. in the physical domains of life. As in, I can benefit the most people if I educate myself as much as possible. Use that knowledge. Using that knowledge that's attained, I can benefit the most people. So if there's anything less than that, and I'm benefiting fewer amount of people or no amount of people or... Worse yet, I am a net negative on society as a whole. Is that in violation of a moral obligation? Is Am I morally obliged to educate myself profitably, reasonably, as much as I possibly can? It's so hard because that, like even that statement... Gaining and obtaining knowledge is so time-consuming to the point where you almost would then forego interactions with other humans in order to obtain the knowledge needed to produce that. You understand what I'm saying? Sure, but you can learn a lot by talking to each and every person you interact with. Yeah. I'm not confining the attainment of knowledge to the halls of some great institution. Library. the li- Or the library. <laughs> I think that's one of the most, more, these are obviously, and this has been proven out in history, that this is obviously the mo- one of the more effective ways of attaining knowledge that is, turns out to be profitable. Yeah. Is to formally educate oneself. Mm. But you can also learn new things talking to you. I mean, you can learn something from everyone, you know? Yeah. I think I'd have to go with yes on this just because you determine kind of what's profitable too. Mm -hmm. And so when you might not know what knowledge turns out to be profitable either. And, and so I think that's, it's a good thing to constantly strive to increase in knowledge and the Bible talks about that to study to show thyself approved unto God. You know, yeah. that there's, you're not supposed to read the Bible once and all right, I'm set. You know, it's no, it's over and over studying, meditating, reading, um, memorizing, 
to know it and to understand it. And it, with every time you read and study it, it becomes more alive and evident. And so, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's where I would say I tend to focus my knowledge on is that spiritual realm, but that's because obviously I'm a pastor. Right. As well, well, I think each and every person should, that should be part of their education. Yes. Lifelong mm-hmm. is the continual thirst for spiritual knowledge. And I would differentiate that from spiritual, from other spiritual things that we practice throughout our life. Um, you know, we can worship God, and I don't want to go down this road too far, but we can worship God and not attain any further knowledge. Yeah. But we are, I think we are morally obligated to attain as much spiritual knowledge as possible while continuing to worship God. Yeah. Okay. But where I'm going with this is... The form, specifically speaking about formal education. Mm. In order to function in society, you need to learn certain things. Okay. Stifled, stifle the cough there? No, it's a Or a yawn. sneeze or a yawn? Oh, I know I'm pretty boring. <laughs> no, let's do that. <laughs> Oxygen to the brain. But, I mean, we need to learn things, right? Sure. What's the best way to learn things? What's the best way to learn the foundational information to function in society? That's one that's interesting because I think every person falls under a category with that. It's not like our like our walk with the Lord, you know, how that's so specific. It's more people learn better under certain circumstances. Some Mm -hmm. people need to see someone do it and then try to do it themselves. Imitation. Yeah, imitation. Some people uh, want to research everything there is to know about it, and then they want to try it themselves. They don't want to see other people do it because they don't want to pick up other people's bad habits. There's some people that, you know, everyone learns differently. Some people that just want to do, I don't want to read anything about it. I want to just try it and, and get a feel for it and figure, you know, so, um, so all those, all those things are, are something that, um, would be the most effective and more would be the most effective way for somebody to learn. Um, so that, that's where it's difficult. Okay. What do you think the fundamental knowledge that, you one should have upon adulthood i mean we used to it used to be reading writing and arithmetic Mm -hmm. that's been the kind of the mantra throughout the 19th and 20th centuries prior to that it was a selected few that even got that much yeah and a lot of the other stuff came from things like religious teachings sermons, you know, Bible readings, if you couldn't read. A lot of people couldn't read prior to the 19th century. But what do you think are the f- the core things that you have had to have mastered 
by entering adulthood? I think one that's not a class is social interaction. Social skills? Social skills, yeah. I mean, they, we talk about social studies, you know, basically like a history, looking at history and social society throughout history. Yeah. But I would say the number one thing that school provides, and I've seen this because I, I, I see so many homeschooled kids as well mm-hmm. uh, because of how our public school system is now in America and how contrary to God it is and uh, just the morality of it and things like that. Outside of that, it just fundamentally doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Just for imparting yes. basic knowledge. Yes, I yes. mean, the, yeah. there's data that backs this up yes. that kids are coming out not knowing things that they're supposed to know. Yes, and so parents that are able to will homeschool their kids, you know, and... um and so, but the product that we, we don't realize is that when a child is not around other kids, there are major things that they don't receive. Uh, and so when they graduate from their homeschooling and try to go get a job, it's very hard for them to find a job because they don't even know how to talk to somebody. Yeah. They don't even know how to carry on a conversation or they'll go into an interview and talk about something that is just wacko and you don't need to be talking about in an interview, you know. So you could say that their their social skills are not calibrated. Yeah, and they're, they're to just society. Well, well their their social skills are like a 4 or 5 year olds would be because their only interaction has been with their parents and their parents aren't telling them don't talk like that. This is what you need. You know, taking the time, to, and they don't listen to their parents. There's no motivation for them to want to grow and make their parents think that they're cool. Like all those things that are within kids and social interaction is good for them because it teaches them to respect one another's opinion when they go out into the world and try to have a profession or a job or, you know, try to do something with their life. So Okay. So I would I would completely agree. Social skills, while not a class, are a very important part of at least the base attainment of knowledge. Yes. As a young person. So you have reading. You have to Which be I able, agree with. You have to be able to read your yes. native language. It's quite important. Writing. You have to be able to at least print words. Which is becoming more dust obsolete. Not dust. Writing, obsolete. I include digital typing. writing and then yeah. typing. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah, necessarily true. penmanship, true. just formation of words. Yes, being able to write a sentence. Yes. Sentence structure and things, yeah. Basic math skills. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we've added social skills to this list. What else? What else do you think is fundamental? adulthood I think something else that is produced through schooling is discipline mm-hmm. that that needs to be taught more because yeah. because it's it's produced through through schooling having to to do homework tests quizzes so you have to do your work in order to be able to pass the class that produces discipline. 
but it needs to be explained while you're doing those things. Because so often kids are going through this suffering, this struggle, and they're thinking, why? Why am I learning about Christopher Columbus? Why am I learning about Napoleon? Why am I learning about these things I don't care about at all? And they, they need to understand that, well, if you aren't able to think deep enough to learn from their mistakes and learn from the things that happened during that time, the least thing you need to learn is how to listen, how to study and learn. So you obviously can't learn everything by the time you become an adult. Nope. The whole goal is to learn enough. Really, you're not even learning enough, I would say. I think really the ultimate goal is you are learning how to learn. By the time you're an adult. So that by the time you're an adult, you know how to learn things. Yes. Because your first job, you're going to have never have done. And you need exactly. to learn. Exactly. You need to, to be it. able to know the process of learning things. Yes. Because you are you're, you don't graduate at 18 and go, got it all down. Yeah. <laughs> got all, all those Some dates. Some think they do. <laughs> all the, they think they do. Got all those dates memorized. Mm-hmm. Got, all, got all that math done. I'm good. I'm set. Obviously not. But so really the, if we look at the formal education system for young people as the really functioning, I mean, outside of the core skills, of course, like write reading and writing, but it's really how to learn. You read so you can learn more things, Mm -hmm. right? You learn how to read so you can learn additional information Mm -hmm. at any time. You learn how to write so you can communicate in the future effectively. You learn how to do math so you can account for good, so you can use math to learn other things. So really, you, you learn social skills more as a byproduct. Mm-hmm. You learn social skills so you can more successfully interact in the future with other people. So really, if you break it down, Primarily, you're learning how to learn mm. at that stage. Say, kindergarten through, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th grade, somewhere in there. Yeah. That's really, obviously, you're not conscious of this at the time. Yep. But this is truthfully what it's about. Which I think doesn't need to be explained at kindergarten, but eventually yeah. it should be. It should be. Because kids could could kind of understand, and I do, I tell kids, I drive a school bus part-time, and um, I interact with, you know, these young kids that are complaining and saying, I'm learning nothing, I'm not learning anything, and and I, I told them, well, you better start to teach yourself how to learn. And they say, it's not my job, it's my teacher's job. And I say, no, this is your job right now. Because one day you'll finish school and then you, the job becomes your job. But right now, this is your job. You're teaching yourself and showing yourself who you're going to be. If you don't listen in class, if you don't listen to your teacher, if you're getting bad grades, in the real world, it, it's not as forgiving as school is. It, the teacher has to tolerate you in school. 
when you become, when you graduate, they fire you and they don't care about you. Let you go and that's it because you didn't do a good job. So you need to teach yourself how to be successful at this time. So with that in mind, Mm -hmm. do you think our current form of public education is the most effective way to learn how to learn and to learn the fundamentals of life? The fundamental knowledge of life. It's like we said in the beginning of this podcast, I don't want to just be negative. You know what I mean? Okay, let me rephrase that. <laughs> but Fair okay. enough. Okay. Because I think it's self-evident. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was about to say, no. Yeah. What would be a more, considering our current education f- system mm-hmm. really came out of the 19th century. Okay. It optimizes for essentially it optimizes for good employees at least it did mm-hmm. it's kind of doesn't do that as well and it's been waning but it, it you know the whole time constraints that are used in public education now, myself I was homeschooled yeah you have experience kind of in both worlds actually in all three all three private Homes- public and homeschooling mm-hmm. I was primarily homeschooled. I went to college, but the time constraints placed upon the educational system, along with just how it's structured, what you're taught, how you're taught, what are some ways, considering the changes that we have experienced as a society over the past 150 years, roughly, since the Industrial Revolution, just let's just say, or since the Second Industrial Revolution, what are some ways that would improve the overall system? If the goal is a more educated population, a more critical thinking, a more so on and so forth. What are ways we can make it better? One I'm not going to go into a lot um, unless it happens and we do, but is the Bible. When we took yeah. the Bible out of schools, morality just plummeted. In our schooling system, shootings went up. I mean, you can look at the data. It's there. It's it's not even a question uh, that that was one of the greatest mistakes that we made as a country. Let me steal man that. Yep. China has no Bible. Yep. And yet they produce some of the most well-educated students. They graduate some of the most well-educated students on the planet while we falter and fumble our way through this. So, So my argument to that would be is that they do teach moral standards in there. See, we replaced the Bible with evolution, this thought process of survival of the fittest. You're just a bunch of cells filling the, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so that 
as a result was we basically went from one extreme to the other. And go ahead. I would disagree. I think we went from a moral foundation to a vacuum. Yeah. Or a, a I don't I wouldn't even say we were replaced when we took God out of education the educational system, which it is a fact that that happened. Yes. You can't really argue that. We took it out. I don't think anything replaced it. Yeah. I mean, yes, the teaching of evolution. The origin re- of the life. replaced yeah. the origin story sure. of humanity. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's fair true. enough. Yeah. But the ethical foundation provided by the Bible was the, what's left. Even just the Ten Commandments. It's not like they read the Bible all the time. No. It was, but they did recite the Pledge of Allegiance. They recited the Ten Commandments. Well, and they taught on the the, the founding yeah. of the nation in the case of America. Mm-hmm. There was a principle yes. that they followed. Mm-hmm. They removed that. They forbade the prayer. Yep. You know, forbade teachers' reading of the Bible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That went away. Nothing filled its place. Yeah. I'd agree. Right. And you say that you would say that the Chinese students, what is their moral? What is their ethic? Because it's a communistic country. Again, I'm not an expert in China's education right. system. But from what I've from what I understand, it's very support China. Become the best you can be so that you can make your country great. It's nationalism. Nationalism, yeah. Yeah. And so that's what has been taught. And and you have a purpose and you need to fulfill that purpose. And there's strict discipline that is included in that as well. So do you think that after we removed God from the educational system, the purpose even of self-betterment and attainment of knowledge... Was that never introduced? Was 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 that never sub? Was the attempt not made to substitute that? I don't think right away, I, and that's the thing is, is I think it was, it was removed so quickly and unexpectedly that um, we didn't have an answer for, or we didn't think we needed to replace it. We thought, oh, society, the the morals being proud to be American, none of that's going to change if you take the Bible out of there. All that's going to change is religion. That's all that'll change is it'll give kids a, a decision whether or not they want to believe in God or not. That's what they thought the, the product would be. Mm-hmm. Well, that decision's always been there. Yes. And, and Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in their mind, it wasn't. That was mm-hmm. one of the major reasons why the Bible was brought up, separation of church and state, and also you don't want to... We don't want to indoctrinate our children to believe in God. Uh, we want to give them their choice of what they want to believe in. Well, we see that that's now slingshot. The opposite of be whoever you want to be. Do whatever you want to do. No one can tell you what to do. You can, you're, you, you're a boy, you think you're a girl. Well, no one can tell you any different. You know, there's, there's no fundamental truth. Exactly. There's no foundation or fundamental of truth now. So they removed the moral structure 
from which our society was built on. From which science itself rests on. Yeah. And they pulled it out and they said, uh, nothing will happen. And we're seeing the result of that. Okay. So if you were king of the world. Mm. You love that question. I do love that question. That, that phrase, whatever. you. If you were the king of the world. If you were the king of the world. How would you fix America's public education system? And I will limit you in two ways. Okay. Well, that helps at least. You can you you can reintroduce the Bible. Okay. But you cannot espouse you can reintroduce the Bible as a educational text okay you cannot indoctrinate can exclude other religions you can exclude any other religions you have to teach on all religions or all the five major religions equally yeah you cannot proselytize Mm. students those are the two limitations really the so yeah obviously that I think the the number one thing that needs to happen is there needs to be a change in how people see teachers. Um, they're not respected. I mean, that th- they should like, especially with the kids that we're inheriting in the school system today. They need to be seen as veterans. <laughs> Do they deserve it? <laughs> well, exactly. That's the No, I'm 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 asking. No. Are the teachers worthy of mm. this respect? I haven't been no, in right, public school. No, exactly. Right now, no. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But, but in order to choose the right teachers, you have to attract the right people. Mm-hmm. And in order to attract the right people, there has to be a, an amount of respect. For that position, so you need you would make teaching a noble profession. Yes, it, it almost has to be. Okay, and and I believe it used to be. Yeah, and it was, but what happens now in our society and what's happened is is that everything is attached to money. So when teachers were not because teachers many times were. They had their own children in the class. Mm-hmm. And so the reason they were a teacher is because they cared how their children were taught. And so they would go and teach an entire class and all the way up through. And then somebody else would come in. And that's, you know, it was not. It was not um, valued the way it should have been because men valued fields being plowed at that time so we could feed our families but our society is different now. We respect and and we 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 want um, knowledge, and uh, because of that, I think that now there needs to be this awakening that the smartest people need to be the people that are teaching our next generation because that's the future of our country. Okay, so you would. I'm going to extrapolate from that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you would, if you were the king of the world, you would make teaching a noble profession. Yes. 
and you would do away with the corruption of money that's involved in the field of so teaching. You, you would almost have to give a very large salary to teachers. Something. Which well, there's plenty of money to do that. Yes. And if it, you get rid of all the administration. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing is, 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 um, I think, well, and it's, it's not even just the administration. It's the buildings, the things that, that so much money is going towards that isn't really producing benefit in our society. Okay. And would you completely privatize it? Take it out of the taxpayer's hands. It's a good question. If you were king of the world, would you place? I feel like the qual- would I've, you place the quality of a student's education at the feet of the socioeconomic status of his or her parents? Solely, I think I would have still have it in the taxpayers um, included in that. But I think those who had children would pay more taxes for the school system because their children are using it. I see that as something that, um, and then, I mean, we're talking about this, like we got all the answers. I, and I hate that. I can't, we don't, we don't. And we're just, this is, we're trying to stimulate this thought process. Of, this is just what you would do if you were king. God, I don't know. And you could proclaim that this is how it's going to be done I now. I wouldn't want to be king. I, <laughs> I that's a wise king. statement right there. <laughs> but yes, okay. So so I don't think I would take it because people need to pay for the next... Because whether or not you have a child, that's still the next generation of America. It The education of any one generation affects... Everyone in the country. And so that people need to support that. That's socialism. Yeah. Somewhat. Yes. Fundamentally it is. And, and, And because when you're old and can't take care of yourself anymore, these generations are going to be taking care of you. So. I mean, fundamentally, it's the government arbitrating, taking money from the many to benefit the few with the intent of ultimately benefiting the whole again. Yes. yes. Scary. Yeah. Ah, but it kind of has worked. Yeah. Sort of kind of to the best of its ability. Yeah. And, and the other, the other thing that I think has to happen, um, is, I think there there needs to be more motivation for parental involvement. Yeah. Because that's it, it's become such a public babysitting system to where I can't I gotta go to work, so I can't deal with my kid for while I'm at work, so great, you can go to school, you know. And they don't care if their kids even educated. I mean, so often. It's it's become as long as they're not getting into trouble and making my life harder, then that's that's the school's job to teach them. Whereas it's it can't be that way. There's no there's no way that you produce a 
well-structured child when all he, all his structure is only at school and all the teaching is only at school? Well, sadly, outside, barring the use of eugenics, <laughs> even as king of the world, you, yes. you can't keep people from who shouldn't have children from having children. Yes, no, that's true. So you have to deal with this problem outside of the ability to manipulate that. Okay. I I guess if I was king of the world, I would make sure in entertainment there was some kind of even commercials. Like just include that in people's daily entertainment, the importance of that. And it's not going to change it completely, but at least it's doing something. It might touch some parent, you know. Put the sappy commercial of, Mom, can you help me read, you know, and have a little kid, you know, and, and yeah, something like that. Well, I tell you one of the ways the Chinese have done it. Okay. And they've been very successful with this. The Chinese socially put a very high value on education. Yeah. And I'm I'm not Chinese, so I, I don't understand the zeitgeist, but externally they appear to put a very high social value on education. That seems to be an effective way to promote attainment of knowledge is by creating a social pressure to do so. And they also modulate that by certain restrictions. Some would call invasive, which, I mean, they are, but they are also effective. So you put that in the balance of scales... Okay, in in China, kids don't watch dancing videos on TikTok. They watch educational videos. Mm. TikTok algorithm in China is different than it is in the United States, and it promotes specifically promotes educational content to minors versus the TikTok in America, which promotes completely useless content to minors. Mm-hmm. The government says, forgive me if I get this the, the particulars wrong here, but the government effectively limits, has a curfew on entertainment for minors hmm. on these governmental controlled platforms like TikTok and whatever. There's other Chinese specific ones. Sure. But the government is very much involved in the content that children are able to consume and also involved in the social pressures that are manifest in society. So as king of the world, would you... What would be a way that you could, without invading the sanctity of personal freedom, Mm -hmm. create a social pressure for education. I think let you me, have let, to... Let me okay. rephrase that. How, would, how could you create a social pressure that places the attainment of knowledge in high esteem? Well, it's all value-based. I mean, that's the... Ultimately, you'd have to just separate 
it's tough. Uh, because you, I've wrestled with this one a lot. You, you just have to, you'd have to include the companies and the way of making money in the process as well. That if you come out of university with good grades, then you get a better salary. I mean, maybe even better positions, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so you base it on consumption or status or well, results. Yeah. Resor- resources. Yeah. Resources. Yeah. Yeah. So that, because that's ultimately what motivates people to be educated in the first place. I disagree. Oh, I, I think that is a big factor. Not, not initially, but why do people go to college? Why are people, why do they take time from their life in order to study a specific profession? Very rarely is it because they want to do that profession. It's because they receive so much money for such professions. I disagree. Hmm. I think it's a mere image of that. I think the money is enticing. Hmm. I don't think people do it for the money. I don't think people educate, get an education for the money. I think it's deeper than that. Because if you wanted to make money, the, the most surefire way to make money in the United States is to start a business, a service-based business, and pick your domain, become competent in that business. That's how you make the most amount of money on average, period. But the problem with that is there's responsibility attached to it. People do not want responsibility. They do not want accountability. They want a job they can go to that pays them well enough to where they can have everything that they want but not have to have the pressures of what if my business goes under tomorrow. Well, that's a whole other argument. (laughs) Yes. But I think when it comes to attainment of knowledge... Yes, back to education. I think it has to do more than just money. Yeah. I think money is a byproduct of it. Well, I I think that every person comes to a different motivation at a certain point because I agree. Some people, they study drama and there's not a lot of money to be had in drama. Well, the goal is is to become an actress, you know, or something and they make a lot of money. Some of them. Yeah, some of them. Most of them don't. Yeah, but most of them don't. And... But you love, but they love what they're doing. Exactly, but they love what they're doing. Yes, and yes. so and so, I guess there's there's definitely a lot of different motivations with that. Now, what pushes people to um, educate themselves, I think, ultimately comes from making sure that I'm living a life that I have everything that I'm going to need. Survival is ultimately. The first thing, okay. because if, and I think that's mainly instilled in them from parents. If parents are involved with kids' education, they instill that into their children of, you need to look for a job that will take care of you. You can have the things that you want because kids take for granted everything they have. Okay. So if you look at it through the lens of survivability, yes, at least in the context of the United States, you can survive on almost no education at all. Yeah. It takes very little knowledge to create a base 
survivable living. Yeah. 90% of people can easily attain that. Yeah, so I guess it's it it it, it falls under many categories then. Money, I would still say, though, is the largest one. I would say if somebody gets good grades in school, and, okay, so let's just put it this way. If every kid got good grades in school, and they could do whatever they wanted, and it not be difficult for them, it takes work, but not be something to where it's like they're worried every single day because they don't understand their own job. No, they, they get it. They could have any job. They're going to go for the best paying jobs, man. Yes and no. Yeah. I Fundamentally, financial security passed yeah. around $90,000 is almost irrelevant. Yeah. but Unless but, you're extremely stupid. But 18-year-olds don't know that. 18-year-olds don't know that, of course. I want course. the millions. <laughs> yeah, but why do they want the millions? They yes. want the millions because it's a proxy for status. Yeah. That's true too. And that's, that's what's motivation. more important than the money. Money is just a representation of a certain status. What does status get you? Preferential access to what? Higher quality relationships? Higher quality mates. What else does status get you in life than those two things? Power and influence. Power and influence. All can be fall under relationships. But yes, yeah. status gets you more power, more influence, better relationships, self-worth, and, yeah. and, and higher quality mating opportunities. Mm-hmm. So really, that's where the money past financial security goes. Right? Yeah, there's comforts that come with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to fly in a private jet, I'm sure. Sure. Have not experienced that, but hopefully one day. You never know. But you, in my opinion, mm-hmm. people don't go through all of the trouble of attaining knowledge and attaining wisdom, education, on and on and on, just to make enough money to be comfortable. I think to be ex- exceedingly comfortable. I think that every person has a different or or falls under a different category of what they want. And they see money as a wild card. So instead of being a heart or a spade, a diamond, you know, club, they see it as well, I can go under this, but if I get into it, I might not like what it is. And so then I'm stuck in a life that I hate and I don't enjoy. So instead, I'm going to go for the highest paying job that gives me joker cards that can fall under any one of these categories when I want to. That's a very good illustration. Yeah. It is a kind of a wild card in life. Yeah. It can, can... can jump ahead. Yes. You can jump certain hurdles with it. Mm-hmm. I like that illustration. And it allows people like who like drama or something like that. I'll work really hard in this high paying profession, 
for a time till I'm secure. And then if I still want to, I'll go over to that. That's the ideal. Yeah. But back to education. Yes. What are some practical ways that we can improve the public education system? Fundamentally, and I think there needs to be a fundamental change in how we educate people in modern society. So when we talked about the Bible to provide moral structure, but in order to have moral structure, you have to have discipline. Mm -hmm. That's absent. There needs to be accountability, but there needs to be power given to the people that are over the children to correct them because it's ridiculous that kids can run out of their bus in a schoolyard, run away from teachers and teachers can't do anything, but say, come on inside, come on inside. They can't put their hands on them. They can't touch them. They can't lead them inside. They can't do any of that. And so if these kids are just defiant and run around like crazy, they can do nothing. They yeah. can't touch yeah. them. They can't give them any kind of consequence or anything like that. There's nothing that they can do. And it's pathetic when you see it happening. Sure. And and ultimately, okay, yes, they can send the child home. but And that's initially what people with a good family say. Well, send it home. Let the parents deal with it. Well, obviously, the problem started at home. So. Exactly. That's that's what the truth is. That's, is that kid doesn't even have parents. You know, it's quite or, self or evident. You know, exactly. Yeah. And so it's not the school's fault. Yeah. So what you're saying is that school is more than just a place to learn. Yeah, it has to be. It's a place to l- learn not only knowledge but discipline, mm-hmm. structure, yep. uh, respect for authority. Yes. Social skills. Yep. Because here's where I get into various threads of thought. Mm-hmm. So, okay, if school, it, the purpose of school is to learn things, you know, information about the world, reading, blah, 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 blah. I, I can just as easily do that on an iPad yeah. at home anytime I want. Why do I have to be at class at a certain time? I mean, and I was homeschooled. I didn't have to be at class at a certain time. Mm-hmm. I literally would wake up, roll out of bed, eat some food, and, you know, whenever I felt like it, roughly, I could start my school. And I would attain information through a systematized process of learning, a.k.a. school, and I would, my knowledge would be tested. If I had sufficiently absorbed enough information, I would move on. Mm-hmm. Period. Everything else that we associate with school was removed from that and placed in other domains of my upbringing. Right? My relationship with my parents, my relationship with other adults my relationship with people at the church, my relationship with people in the public sphere, my relationship with people at the park, all that was taken out of the school. Mm-hmm. So my school was really just about attainment of knowledge. And I have a hard time 
because that's my experience. I have a hard time separating or, or looking at school as anything other than that. Yeah. Because it worked for me. Yes. Does it work for everybody? No, no, no one system works for everybody. But do you think that school, public school, should give up on all of these other things and simply focus on attainment of knowledge and let other aspects of society, family, church, community, leave the things like discipline up to them? Or do you think that you can't decouple them. You can't, you can't expect, and, and I say they can't do anything. They can't do anything in that moment. They do write up referrals. They write, they have paperwork. They have a process of dealing with a difficult child. And most of the time, nothing ever comes from that. Doesn't work. Yes, exactly. Um, And so, There has to be some kind of structure and some kind of consequence or that the, the, the student knows if I don't respect this authority, it's not going to be good for me. It's going to end badly for me. Um, and it can't be later. It needs to be able to be in that moment when they're doing the wrong thing that they're doing because that's how children learn. They just... They're not, they aren't able to separate it later when they're at home talking to their mom five hours later about what happened at school. That just, it's such an ineffective way of doing things. And and I'm not saying they have to give the child pain or something like, no, I'm just saying it. There needs to be something that they can hold the child in place, pick them up if they have to, sit them down in a seat force him to sit and listen to them talk to him. I'm not saying it has to be like our let's bring back spanking in in schools it, it doesn't have to be that. It there just has to be a very clear teaching moment that the child understands, "Oh, they're bigger, stronger than I am. They can make me do whatever they want me to do. So, I need to listen to what they have to say." If the morals that allow a child to sit and learn are not instilled at a young age by in the home, yeah. I don't think the school can come along then at a later time in development and without the tools provided to parents of the child, they're instill those same necessary morals or necessary virtues that allow for learning. Well, and what ultimately they do is they would suspend the child, which makes the parent have to stay home from work because they can't leave their child home alone. And then the parent gets very motivated to make sure their child is listening. Fair enough. And and that's kind of the process now, but it's just, it's, it's still, it's just ultimately... The sad part that happens is is sometimes the parents just leave the child at home after that, and they still go to work, and it's just it's a there's a breakdown in every every system I know. But man, 
the, the most effective way to teach children is in the moment when they're doing the thing wrong. So it's very clear that that's unacceptable behavior, not just for them. If, if other kids see a kid get picked up, taken and sat down and being talked to seriously, sternly, and then ultimately, if he does not obey, goes straight home, they pay attention and realize, okay, I can't do that. And, and so that's, that's how you control the masses is by fear. <laughs> the uncontrollable masses, I should say. And I respect. It, I think it starts in the home. Yeah. I think without, and I know everything devolves back to the erosion of a moral foundation. Yeah. But I think the breakdown of the family unit, that the educational breakdown is simply a byproduct of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. And, and I'm, I'm just trying to, like you said, we can't change things that are happening at the home as the king of the world. Right. So what are we putting in place that can substitute that? And substitutes never going to be as good as the original, but can help with it, I should say, I guess, to make it accomplish its purpose. If I was king of the world, mm-hmm. I would place the responsibility back in the hands solely of the parents for the education of their children and how I would not present them a socialized option as as a scapegoat. I would make it a sacrificial thing. You choose to have kids, you make certain sacrifices. And if you want your kids educated, you make more sacrifices. And if you want your kids well-educated, you make more sacrifices. And I think the privatization or the privatization of of K-12 through education or the self-education, a.k.a. homeschooling, self-teaching of kids, I think, if I were king of the world, would be the best options. And I think people have pigeonholed, society has pigeonholed itself into this system. Like you said, the baby, the daycare system Mm -hmm. of, oh, okay. The government provides daycare for my children. Free daycare. Free daycare. I pay for it through my taxes. They're going to get, the barest of bare minimums, maybe, of knowledge to get through life, you know, and I don't have to deal with it. I think the government absolved the responsibility from the parents for that education. And everyone, not not just people, but says the structure of society has gotten so used to that that now it can't go back. But when it was that way before, we had so many, and I know we do have today some, but it was very common for a kid not to know how to read. Mm-hmm. And it's because parents don't value education like they should. Sure. So then you've got these kids that, aren't getting educated that could be the next Elon Musk. And they don't get educated because they got deadbeat parents. And so we don't have the next Elon Musk. So you 
you believe that socialization of education is necessary? I don't know that it's necessary, but I do know that giving a child an opportunity to show his intelligence um, is important because if we put it in the sole hands of the parents, I just don't trust the parents. It was in the sole hands of the parents for most of recorded time. Yeah. It's only been in the hands of the state for a rather short amount of time. And in, in, in even most of the time it was in the hands of the state, it was fundamentally in the hands of the parents on a local level. Yeah, I, the problem is, is our society has become so expensive to live in to making it so hard for a one-income household. So you, there's no, you can't ask a mom or a dad to work a full-time job and educate a kid. I mean, that just, I don't know. I don't think that, it's just not going to get done. I agree with you, though, as a result, probably, of what we currently have. Because they've gotten used to not having to do that. But yeah, ideally, a parent should love their kids so much that they would try to give them the best education possible. But... I even just think of like my kids, like in homeschooling, my wife and I were both worried about when they were going, when they're going to hit high school and it Mm -hmm. gets to the difficult things, you know, that you don't remember or that you wouldn't be capable of teaching them, you know, here's the silver lining for me Yeah, in this, if we just want to speak about, because we're having a hard time pulling away the knowledge part from the development part yes yes (laughs) we just want to speak about the knowledge yes i think ai Mm. there's a bright future in artificial intelligence and the education one-on-one of children see that is a young adults that is a an area where i think you could impart the knowledge like you said at home Mm-hmm. And honestly, a parent wouldn't even need to be home if there's an AI system in place with cameras and, you know, that's just available. And I mean, how valuable would it be to have a personal tutor for the, the, the um, not just 12 a, years of your education? Not just a personal tutor, the greatest personal tutor that's ever existed that knows yeah. everything mankind knows all simultaneously. You sit down and say, and it says, hello, Johnny, welcome to school. I'm going to teach you today, and we're going to go over this, and I'm going to use your feedback, not only your verbal feedback, or your written feedback, but your bodily feedback. I can tell whether you're absorbing this information effectively or not, and I will adjust accordingly. I will try to make it as much as, as engaging as possible. On and on and on and on and on. It can aggregate all this knowledge of teaching and apply it to personalized teaching of a person. Mm -hmm. Like, that's incredible. It's incredible, but 
who gives the AI the knowledge and what knowledge is it teaching? That's where people will struggle. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it came without any problems. <laughs> That's the problem, obviously. Yeah. Is what is it going to be teaching? Mm-hmm. Now, if there's some type of regulation mechanism, I think we can get past that. Yeah. And I think it can be tailored. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I, there are ways. It still takes effort from people, parents, r- regulatory bodies, etc. Not governmental necessarily, but some type of certification regulatory body can be applied to this and use this tool to more effectively than anything else in history, impart information to people. Yeah, and and on the here here's the thing about that too is is I would say sixty percent of the time kids aren't listening in school. Yeah, and so school would not have to be as long. It doesn't have to be that six or seven hours if there's a personalized system in place um, so that kids can effectively learn and you can see it through the tests that they're effectively learning and all they're having to have school for every day is a few hours and then you can have social structures that that do the other things that we've talked about by providing the social skills needed and and learning to talk to people and and have friends and things like that. That's what I had. Yeah. As I was homeschooled, I spent maximum typically 3 hours. Yeah. on the the imparting of knowledge to me through the homeschooling curriculum. Yep. And all my other time was spent socializing and, and doing practical things, yeah. learning practical things Trades. from other family mm-hmm. members, from uh, neighbors, from help you know, learning work, performing work, making money. Mm-hmm. I had all this extra time because the the knowledge that knowledge that's necessary was condensed to a very efficient form, imparted to me mm-hmm. through the curriculum which allowed me time to develop all the other skills that we would normally associate with school. Yeah. But that's, that's, I think that's the silver lining in this conversation is I think there are going to be tools in the near future that will eliminate the need for the archaic system that is currently in place. Well, and even like Tesla right now, a major part that they're putting a lot of their, earnings that they've gained because Tesla shot up as mm-hmm. the only electric car company yeah, and billions upon billions has gone into creating a robot that'll be a personalized robot. Yeah. And they're making it like you see the hands and it, it moves fingers. Like other robots are learning to, you know, walk around. Like uh, there's a couple of competing companies that are talking about personalized robots, but most of them are like, they don't look humanoid. And Tesla's really trying to make these robots that can perform all the tasks that humans can perform. And all they're going to do is say, here's the keys, basically. Tell him to do whatever you want. He's capable of doing whatever you want him to do. And obviously there will probably be restrictions as far as using it as a weapon and things like that, hopefully. But either way... Like you're saying, Tesla's kind of putting 
the responsibility on the consumer who purchases it mm. and says, I've given you a, I have given you a gun or I've given you a car. I've given you a piece of technology, how you use it, you're accountable for. But these are all the things it can do. It can do everything you can do. Lord help us all. <laughs> but it, but if it had its, and, and that section of Tesla is also the AI section. And, and so it's going to be an AI nanny. And it's going to, which is what Elon Musk's uh, view of education is, is that every education should be personalized because every kid learns differently. And so whatever is most effective for your child, you need to figure it out. And then that's how you feed them knowledge. Crazy. I know I always go to Elon Musk. No, it's terrifying. <laughs> Any closing thoughts? We should wrap this up. Yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. AI, the, the key is AI, personal AI computers that homeschool our children. So we came up with that. The key is ethical foundations. Yes. Coupled with AI. Because yeah. we're not going to navigate AI without the ethical foundation. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Thanks.